Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Nick Anderson Fitness Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about my first powerlifting meet. Um, so this episode is going to be a little more organized than some of my other solo episodes. Uh, so I put out like a really nice outline for myself so I know exactly what I want to talk about. So just want to kind of go over that a little bit. Um, first thing I want to talk about is going to be the training before the meet. So like pre-meet, I want to talk about what happened during the meet. And then I'll do a little wrap up where we reflect on what happened during the day, what happened over the last couple of years to get to this point, and what's coming up from here. So let's get into it. All right. So first thing I want to talk about is you know before the meet. Um, so every year I set goals for myself for what I want to accomplish for the year. And uh, for 2022, one of the things that I knew I wanted to accomplish was to to go to a powerlifting meet and compete. It doesn't matter what level of competitiveness I was at. I just wanted to go and do it. So, you know, January 1st rolls around and I'm looking at my goals for the year and I'm like, okay, I'm signing up for it today. So sure enough, signed up for it. Um, immediately went, oh fuck, I just signed up for this and realized that, you know, I'm in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing it. So I knew that training specifically for powerlifting is something that I had never done before. So I knew I wanted to hire someone to help me with it um, because if you want to get better at something, hire someone who knows better than you. Now, yes, I am a fitness coach. I know a lot about fitness. I don't know a lot about specifically training for powerlifting. So I hired Natalie Smith, who is fucking amazing. If you have not listened to the episode that I've done with her, please go back and listen to that one. It was really good. I'll link that in the show notes. So for those who don't know, Natalie is 16 years old. She's an incredible coach. I could tell from the level of content that she put out how knowledgeable she was. But regardless, I was still a little nervous making the decision. I was like, I'm going to hire for someone who's 16 years old. I think based on the quality of work that she's putting out, she is going to be a huge name in the powerlifting world within the next 10 years, maybe even less. And what better time than now to jump on this train? And let me tell you, she did such an amazing job proving that she is absolutely worth it. For, for someone who is 16 years old to have the level of confidence that she does, the work ethic that she does, the level of knowledge that she does, and her ability to coach and be there for the good times and the hard times and know all the right things to say, she was amazing. And I couldn't have made a better decision. So anyways, her and I start working together and I get my first program and I am so excited because it is something unlike anything I'm ever used to. So prior to working with Natalie, I'd always done like an upper lower split, you know, one day's upper day, one day's lower day, next day upper, next day lower. This was not at all like that. So it mostly focused on the main three lifts. You know, I might be squatting and benching one day or deadlifting and benching one day and doing all these different variations of the exercises, squatting off of pins, squatting against resistance bands, benching against resistance bands, which is very humbling, by the way. So our first month working together, 
was really focused on technique and making my lifts look less like I'm a casual gym goer to looking like a power lifter. So for example, my bench press had a nice nice flat back along the bench, like really trying my best to do like a power lifter arch, but not doing it at all. Um, so that's one of the things we really focused on is getting my shoulders squeezed together and getting my shoulders to be as close to my butt as possible and my butt as close to my shoulders as possible to really create that arch and create as much engagement through my lats as I can and as much scapular retraction as I can. So pulling the shoulder blades back so that I can get a stronger bench press, which I did. Making sure that my squats were to competition level depth and not just parallel, which they were. And that's something we really focused on is hitting squat depth every single time, every single rep. And one of the other things that Natalie really wanted to focus on for the first month was having me do front squats with the 15 second pause at the bottom. There is nothing to make you contemplate life more than 15 seconds at the bottom of a front squat. And just in case you're not sure what a front squat is, it's where you're doing a squat with the bar in front of you. So it's basically like the bar is choking you the whole time. Uh, It's a very uncomfortable position to hold 15 seconds for. So naturally, I was like, Natalie, what did I do to you? Why are you uh, torturing me this way? So I had to ask, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you the um, the the text exchange. I I asked why front squats and why the extra long pause in the front squat specifically. Just reading back on the old texts. Um, so she said, I'm glad you asked. Front squats are one of my all-time favorite accessories for, for both squats and deadlifts. Two issues most powerlifters struggle with. A, lat tension, and B, using their quads. Front squats train both of those directly. They place such a great demand on the upper back, which we need in every single lift. And so many lo- lifters struggle with pushing through the floor on deads as well as squats, maintaining that upright position out of the hole. Front squats force you to do that. It's pretty hard to good morning a front squat. You'd fall over. The extra demand on the core is great too, maintaining that rigid spine. The next part of the text is what really gets me. She says, extra long pause. Funny story. Last November, my coach decided to come up with 15 count pause front squats to torture herself. Totally off program. She ended up really liking them. My boss did too, so it became a trend around the gym for everyone's program that month. But it also has actual benefits. When fatigued, it's way harder to maintain that brace and upright position, so the 15 count pause targets that. Plus, you know, seeing how much power I have over you right off the bat, mental toughness or whatever. So basically what she was trying to say is that she was hazing me. Because she knew that no matter what she programmed, I was willing to do because I was willing to, I was wanting to be the best that I could possibly become. So that was basically our first month of training. Um, I was a lot extra fatigued by this new style of training. So my body responded, I wouldn't say poorly, but my I was physically exhausted after the first couple of weeks. Uh, we did a deload week every four weeks, so backing off on the weight, going like 60 to 65% of, uh, of max weight, so kind of just going through the motions with a lighter weight, which really helps, um, so you can you know go in and push it the week after. So then we move on to our second month, which was a very volume-focused style of training. So that means we were doing a lot more reps 
I think I was doing um, four sets of five deadlifts at a pretty significant weight and also doing two other deadlift variations throughout the month. So like I had said earlier, fatigue had really started to set in. And as fatigue sets in, my form started to diminish a little bit because my central nervous system was so fried from doing all this extra volume. So I was really having a hard time maintaining my tightness through my lifts, especially deadlifts in particular. And um, this is where some shit happened. So one day I went into deadlift, I went through my warm-up sets, and my lower back was really hurting. So I, I did maybe one or two warm-up sets, and I was like, this isn't right. I'm going to leave the gym. So I did. I, wa- I walked away, walked away from the bar because I had hurt myself before a year or two ago from deadlifting. I didn't want that to happen again. So I decided to walk out. I might have even skipped that workout entirely and just moved on to the next one the next day. Um, so it, it felt a little disappointing to have to walk away from that workout, but I knew it was the right decision. Anyway, next week comes around and I'm like, okay, I missed this last one or I had to back off. I don't remember what the exact situation was, but I went in and I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to deadlift. Got through my deadlifts. Next day, my lower back was on fire. Um, It didn't just feel like soreness. It felt like something was wrong. I, you know, I talked to Natalie and she was like, okay, this, this is common with people who are, new to training uh, at this level back off on weight keep training but back off on weight so that's exactly what i did and uh next time i went into deadlift i was like okay i'm gonna significantly back off on the weight i did that got to my first working set and on my last rep of my first working set i felt something pop i didn't just feel it pop in my lower back i heard it it was loud. It was painful. I set the bar down and I immediately laid on a bench. <laughs> it was in this moment I knew I had fucked up. So immediately all the negative thoughts start going through my head. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this meet now. Um, I'm out. I'm going to have to wait for next year. I'm injured. This is not good. And it hurt. It hurt so bad. Not just in the moment, but for days and weeks after. Again, you know, I can't. I just can't say enough how fucking awesome Natalie was. Uh, she came through. She not only gave me some very encouraging words of like, "This is this is just pain. This is. I don't think we're in injury territory yet." By this point, I had plans to see a physical therapist. Uh, so you know, we wanted to rule that out, make sure that we weren't in, that I wasn't injured. She put together a little plan to help rehab my back, you know, some stretches, some some stability work, some some flexibility, mobility work helped a lot. I also went to physical therapy um, and they also helped a lot, too. So I kind of told them my situation, how I was new to powerlifting and what was going on. They said I probably just had an inflamed SI joint which is the joint between your pelvis and your lower spine. They gave me some stuff to do. They um, had me work on strengthening my internal and external rotation of my hips, which is going to help a lot to prevent this in the future. 
Actually, funny story, just like a little tangent on this. Um, while I was in physical therapy, um, they had me doing, you know, some some hip exercises. And one of the things that they had me do is a f- basically it's called a fire hydrant. So if you don't know what a fire hydrant is, just imagine a dog peeing on a fire hydrant. And that's basically what you're doing. Um, now, I just want to say that I think fart noises are hilarious. So while I was doing this exercise, I lifted my leg up and went, and then immediately went, ooh, sorry. Now, what I didn't think about when this happened is that I was wearing a mask, and he could clearly not see the fact that that noise came out of my mouth. And when I said, ooh, sorry, he went, that's okay, it happens. So I'm 100% sure that this guy thought I actually farted. And now I have to live with that for the rest of my life. So slowly but surely, back starts feeling a little better. Um, I think I took a little time off, maybe less than a week from lifting, and then very lightly eased back into it. So starting super light, um, even deadlifting. I actually think I skipped deadlifts for a week and just didn't do them. And then got back into them, did very, very light deadlifts, and then um, had my planned deload week. And then after that, I was I was feeling pretty good. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to start pushing a little bit. So by this time, we had gotten into our third phase of training, which was the strength phase, which consisted of doing heavy sets of like three reps for the main lifts so like three reps of deadlift three reps of squat three reps of bench as well as some stuff coupled in to help with lower back pain to help with the hips and all that good stuff so one of the things that she was great about programming is um, it's a variation of deadlift called the block deadlift so it's basically you put the bar on blocks so it's higher off the ground so it's kind of just below your knees Um, We were lifting off four inch blocks. So for me, it's just below my knees. So that gets a shorter range of motion. So you have to, you involve a lot less lower back by doing it. So I was still able to deadlift and I was still able to deadlift heavy, which really helped to not only strengthen my deadlift, but to strengthen my confidence with the lift that I just did not feel confident in anymore worked up to some really big numbers on the um, block deadlifts and it, it felt really good. Uh, I was super excited to see progress with that, especially after thinking like, oh, I'm going to not be able to compete in this and then to be able to pull 345 pounds off a block for three reps. Going into the preparation for the meet, deadlifts had been my favorite lift, but you know, based on what had happened and my confidence with it, it quickly became my least favorite. I ended up really loving the process with squats, how much I had, how how much I had progressed with them, how much my form had progressed with them, how much my strength had progressed. Meanwhile, I feel like I had forgotten how to deadlift properly, but being able to pull off of blocks definitely started to feel like a redemption story in a little bit. Still was not a big fan of deadlifts. Um, I just felt a lot of fear around them after that. I felt like every lift was going to fuck me up. All right, so last part of the training phase that I want to talk about, and I promise I promise I will get to the meat day 
hype soon. Um, I know that's the part you guys are all waiting for, but I, I think that's important to talk about the training for it too, because, you know, I don't, I didn't just walk into the meet and then go like I spent all this time building and there were so many emotions that went through it. So many, so many fears, so many wins. And I think the training is 10 times more important than the meat itself, because if you don't train for the meat, you're going to perform like shit. So the last phase was the peaking phase where we really try and start to test our strength. So first week of it, we were doing heavy sets of two, and then we ended up doing heavy sets of one. So really trying to hit personal records before the meet to really see how much my strength has progressed. Now, I want to start this portion by talking about what my previous personal records had been and then what my new ones had been in the gym specifically. So starting with squat, my previous best squat was 315 pounds. In my training phase, my best squat was 350 pounds. So in 17 weeks, I was able to add a whopping 35 pounds to my squat, and it was a lot deeper than my previous best. Bench press, my previous best was 215 pounds, and in training, it was 225 pounds. So 10 pound increase to my bench press, which for bench press is pretty goddamn good because it's really hard to progress that shit. And finally, for deadlift, my previous best was... 345 pounds and I had worked up to a new in the gym PR of 370 pounds which considering all that had happened to my back all the fear that I felt throughout that feeling like I had forgotten how to deadlift and finally having that deadlift click on that last couple weeks prior to the meet I felt great I felt so confident I felt like the fear of the deadlift had gone away and I was ready. So let's get to the fun part, meat time. By the way, every time I say meat, I think about M-E-A-T, not M-E-E-T, and now you do too. So night before, I'm all geared up, I'm ready to go, I got my bag packed, got everything, got my, got my bright ass purple singlet because I'm obnoxious, got all my gear. Um, go to bed super early, have stress dreams the entire night about waking up at 8.30 and it's way too late and I was supposed to be there at 7.45 and it's an hour away and I missed the meet and um, having dreams about getting my equipment checked and they're like, oh no, this isn't right. You can't use this belt. That's not allowed. Um, so, you know, I was, I was a little stressed out and anxious beforehand, I think. Of course, I did not get there late. I got there 30 minutes early. I'm pretty sure I was the first one there. We pulled up. No one was there yet. I was like, okay, cool. Let's just like run to Stop and Shop and you know get some stuff that we don't actually need. I don't think we actually got anything. Anyway, we got there. Um, so it's me and Danielle, um, my wife, for those who don't know. I'm sure you all know. Um, but so Danielle was handling me. So that basically means she's making sure that I am sitting. She's making sure that I am eating. She goes in and puts all my attempts in for me, The what weight I want to attempt for the day, or for the specific attempt, not for the day. 
She was super nervous about it. She might have even been more nervous than I was for doing this job. And let me tell you, she did great. So Danielle and I get in. We, you know, we check in and we're waiting. We're we're just we're waiting because it's you know, it's 7:45 by the time we're there. Weigh-ins don't start till 8 and I am towards the end of the weigh-in list. So, you know, we're just sitting in a gym waiting for like a half hour. The anticipation was killing me. Um, I felt like there was a lot of hype beforehand, but like it was very quiet. There was a lot of quiet in the gym before. So, you know, we're, we're all kind of sitting there silently and I'm just like quietly talking to Danielle and nobody's really talking to each other until a little later like things start to get a little picked up and like people start talking to each other and it gets to be like a normal actual crowded room but it it really felt like the calm before the storm like everything was so calm and quiet and and it was almost eerie so get my way in done once i'm weighed in it's time to eat now instructions for eating was Eat like it's your full-time job. Eat lots of carbs. Eat lots of fast-digesting, high-glycemic carbs. So, like, cool. I'm going to bring uh, all the Rice Krispie treats I can find. Um, I'm going to bring um, sandwiches that are just – it's just bread and jelly. Learned that from uh, Mike Vacanti. He's a big fan of the jelly sandwich. couple pre-made protein shakes just so I can have some protein as well. But, you know, mostly carbs. And uh, I ate so many Rice Krispie treats that day that I don't think I ever want to eat another Rice Krispie treat. Drank like two giant bottles of Gatorade all throughout the day, just like constantly snacking and eating uh, so I can have that energy for the one day that I trained for. So it's time. Like the meat is about to start. Like, okay, flight A, you guys are up. I'm in flight C. I'm in the last flight of people to go. So I'm like, all right, these people get to lift. Um, Everybody's in here warming up. Cool. Like, I'm starting to get excited and I'm starting to get anxious at the same time because, you know, I'm about to lift weights in front of a bunch of people. Um, This is coming from someone who was scared to go to a gym. This is the same guy who used to go to the gym at 430 in the morning because I knew no one would be there and no one would see me work out. I'm about to go lift weights in front of a bunch of people. How weird is that? So flight B gets called up to go. And as flight B goes, I'm like, all right, I'm in the next flight. So I better start warming up for my squats. Start warming up for my squats. And then uh, just like it feels good to start lifting, Um, even though it's a little lighter than what I'm going to do on the platform. It feels good to get my body moving and, you know, just get under the bar because that's what I like. That's why I signed up for this sport, because it's fun to me. Finish warming up, and my flight's called. So the event was outdoors under a tent. There was basically like a curtained-off runway type of thing for like all the people waiting for their turn to go. Um, so we're all kind of herded into this area. You know, some chairs there to sit down, wait for your turn. I think I was like fifth or something in line, and... Um, that's that's when the nervous energy really starts to kick in. But one of the things that we'd done in preparation is a week before the meet, I tested all the weights that I planned to open with. I knew they felt easy. I knew that if I was going to get under that bar, there's no doubt about the fact that that weight was moving. 
So it's my turn, right? And you know, I get up, I walk up to the bar as confident as I possibly can be, grab the bar, get under it, and um, ready to squat. So opening squat was 320 pounds. Hit the squat, no problem. Turn around to check uh, what what the judges thought. So I got two whites and a red on my squat. So what that means, if you're unfamiliar with powerlifting, is there are three judges who are going to judge you based on the rules of the competition. So some of the rules for squat, just as an example, is making sure that you're getting low enough, making sure that your feet don't move back, making sure that you are obeying the commands given by the referees. So the command for squat being to squat when you're told to squat and then to rack when you're told to rack. So if you jump the commands, you get a red. So I got two whites and a red because one judge on the side thought it wasn't low enough. But it's okay because you only need two whites for your lift to count. But not going to lie, I got in my head a little bit. I was like, oh, fuck, I need to squat lower. So next attempt comes around. It's uh, 155 kilograms or 341 pounds. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to squat low. (laughs) And I squatted real fucking low. A little bit of a push to get through it, but no problem. Three white lights. And then third and final attempt comes. uh, I'm going for 160 kilograms, which is um, just under 353 pounds. Again, no problem. A little bit of a struggle to get up, but um, kind of a little bit of a grind through it. But three white lights. So I'm I'm three for three on my squats. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling super confident. Oh, and just um, to kind of lay out how this goes is you get three attempts for every lift. Um, They take which one your best is and then add that to your total. So you get the total of your best squat, your best bench, your best deadlift. That's your total on the day. Obviously any failed lifts don't count towards that total. So it's only ones that you hit. But anyway, um, on squats, it was kind of cool how, how anxious I was beforehand. Like I was really feeling like, Oh, all right, right, we're going, we're going to do this. And then once I got that first squat out of the way, all that nervous energy was gone. Now it was just all excitement, which is what everyone told me would happen. And they're totally right. So then we get a little break in between. Um, the next set of people come up for their bench press. The first flight comes up for bench press. So, you know, I go back to eat more Rice Krispie treats <laughs> and, um, you know, warm up for my bench and then come out. So first bench press was 95 kilograms, 210 pounds. Uh, easy, fucking easy. Felt like nothing. Second bench was a hundred kilograms, 220 pounds. Again, easy. So I'm like, okay, let's go for a big one on my third one. So the way Natalie had it planned out was she gave, um, you set your openers ahead of time. Like that's the first thing you do is you tell them, okay, for my openers, I want to squat this weight. I want to bench this weight and I want to deadlift this weight. Those are all your first attempts. They are set in stone. And then from there, you can add. So she had set three numbers for attempt two and attempt three. So there's a a low ball weight, like a normal range, and then uh, let's reach for this. So for bench press, I was like, okay, that 220 felt like nothing. Let's go for the reach weight on the last one, which was 105 kilograms, 231 and a half pounds. Get the weight off the rack. And I'm like, okay, all right, this feels pretty heavy, but I think I could do this. I'm feeling good. Um, get the bar to my chest, get the, the press commands, I press and I'm like, woof, okay, that's fucking hard, but it's moving. It's moving great. Now I really had to grind through this rep 
And what happened was, as I was pushing, the bar came down a little bit and then back up, which is not allowed in the competition. So I did get two red lights from both side judges on that one. So unfortunately, even though I was able to get the weight up off my chest back onto the rack without assistance, the lift did not count. So my best bench press on the day ended up being 100 kilograms, 220 pounds. So bench press is over. And I know coming up next, it's time for my worst lift. It's time for the lift that I hate the most, that I feel least confident in. Now, by this point in the day, it's like 2 o'clock. It's like a 1,000 degrees in the gym. I'm sweating so hard that it feels like I took a laxative and can't find a bathroom. So by this point, I'm, I'm like a little pissed off. Um, I'm cranky. You know, I'm a big baby, so... It was too hot for me, but I needed a deadlift. I needed It was too hot for me, and I needed to do the lift that I hate the most and that I feel the most nervous about. But you know what? I go through my warm-ups, and they feel so fucking easy. So confidence is getting there. I, I hit my highest warm-up set, which was like, I don't know, 10 to 15 pounds less than what I was supposed to do on my opener, and it felt like just the bar. So... I'm actually feeling pretty confident going with these deadlifts. There's a lot of energy going on in the gym right now. Like people are hyped up and I'm starting to feed off that. So I'm getting really excited. You know, I go out to the little curtained off area. Everybody's pumped out there. Everybody's fucking ready to go. And so am I. So I'm feeling great. So my opening attempt was supposed to be 155 kilograms or 341 pounds. I step out onto the platform and the commentator goes, and here comes Nick Anderson. He is going for 185 kilograms, 407 pounds. And I'm like, oh, fuck, Danielle put the wrong number in. So I'm looking at this weight on the floor thinking there is no fucking way that I am going to even get this bar off the floor. But here's how it works. So on your first attempt, you have to go up on all your attempts from there. You can't go back down. So I'm like, I need to get this weight up to stay in the competition. We fucked up by putting this weight in. I need to lift it. So the only thing going through my head is you make this deadlift or you're not hitting any deadlifts for the day and get an absolute zero on deadlifts. So I walk up to that fucking 407 pound bar. I looked so confident. But on the inside, I was screaming. Watching that video back, I'm like, it's actually comical how confident I looked walking up to that bar because I did not feel good about it. So I get to the bar, I get in stance, and I just pull as hard as I fucking can. And let me tell you about my surprise when the bar actually started moving off the floor. I'm kind of thinking to myself, holy shit, I might actually pull this shit off. This is not a weight I've ever touched. It's not a weight I've ever looked at. It's not a weight I've ever even fucking smelled. But goddammit, this bar is moving. So I keep pulling. I keep pulling as hard as I can, pushing my hips forward. The bar gets above my knees. I've almost got it locked out, but I cannot get my hips fully forward. And I cannot get my shoulders back. So I did not quite get the lift. But I was really fucking close to getting 407 pounds, which... Honestly, it's 
the most proud I've ever been of failing a lift in my entire life. I've never been proud of failing a lift, but this one, just the fact of how close I got that and how much it was mind over matter. Of course, in the moment, I was not very happy about it. I was pissed. I was like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. Um, So I was mad. I was so mad because I thought it was Danielle's fault. And I was like, you fucked up what they put in there. What the fuck? I'm so mad. So she goes over to the table and before she even can say anything, they're like, we put the wrong weight on the bar. We're going to give him a reattempt with the correct weight. So she comes back. She's like, good news. You're getting a reattempt. Um, they fucked up. And I was like, oh, they fucked up. So like, I felt really bad about blaming Danielle for, for the mishap. Um, and, you know, I was kind of thinking, who's more likely to have messed this up? Danielle, who has never done anything like this before, or the powerlifting federation who should be responsible for this. Nonetheless, public apology. Danielle, I am so sorry for uh, blaming you. Uh, she took it so well, though. She like wasn't even upset about it because she was just so confused by what happened. So like she didn't even have time to process. So we're fine. Everything's fine. Anyways, I get a reattempt. So I get to actually attempt the correct weight. Um, lifts it up like it's nothing because I knew that I could pull 407 almost all the way off the floor. Um, so that was my first attempt. And then they had to like mess up the order a little bit but since I was getting a reattempt. So it was basically I go, then someone else goes, and then I get attempt two. So I basically had like 45 seconds of rest in between attempt one and attempt two. So attempt two was 162.5 kilograms, 358 pounds, moved like nothing. Three white lights were good to go. Three white lights on the first one too. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling great. But what happened was, so with the 407 pound attempt, one of the things that happened was my thumb ripped open on it because it was too much weight. I had never handled that before. And um, I like to use what's called the hook grip, which means you wrap your thumb under the under the bar and then your index and middle finger go over it. So your thumbs are carrying a lot of the grip. Um, so yeah, ripped my thumb open on that. So I was like, okay, I need to use mixed grip from here on out. So no thumb under the bar. So one hand over, one hand under which I had not been doing in training. So I had used that for attempt one and attempt two. And I had also massively fatigued myself by having to do an extra attempt on deadlift at a weight that I was not prepared to do. But there was also a degree of confidence by knowing what I could do with 407 pounds. So for the last deadlift, I went for the high number. I went for 385 pounds, 175 kilograms, which would be a PR, personal record. So I pull with all the strength that I have and um, get the bar all the way to my hips. But unfortunately, I got three reds on the lift because I hitched the bar, which is basically when you support the bar on your legs after the bar passes your knees. Um, looked back at the lift. Yeah, totally right. I deserve those three reds. But still walked away with my attempt to being solid. So solid day. It was so much fun. In a way... It sucks about the 407 pound fuck up, 
because I could have I could have got that 385 pound lift without a problem had I not been overly fatigued and had my thumb not been ripped up. However, I'm glad that if there was a meet that that happened at, it was my first one. Because what if it was one where I was actually trying to be very competitive and not just going in to have a good time? I think it also taught me that I'm capable of more than I think. The fact that I went in thinking there's a 0% chance that I can even move this weight and then saying to myself, well, you do it or you're out. And pulling that bar as hard as I could and, and how it moved and how close I got. I think it taught me what grit is, what really grinding through a rep is. I didn't really grind through anything until that rep. So I think in a way I needed that experience. It, it taught me what a tough deadlift feels like again. Made me made me like deadlifts more. Squats are still my favorite though. But overall, it was just such a cool environment to be in. So cool seeing all these other people lift these huge weights so cool seeing how hyped the crowd was like when i was pulling that 407 people were fucking screaming for me and i think that really helped that really helped me drive and like think that i could do it because so many people were yelling and so hyped for me because it took me at least 11 seconds to to push through that like seven eighths of a rep so that's what the meat was like i kind of want to wrap up by by taking some time to reflect um you know, I did end up coming in last place in my weight class, and I think a lot of people would be disappointed with that, but I truly am not. I sat out with one goal in mind, which was to perform as best as I possibly could, and I absolutely am sure that I did that, and I'm very proud of how I did and how I performed. It's kind of crazy to reflect on where I was a few years ago in my fitness versus where I am now. You know, we, we've all heard the story about me eating out of those beach body containers, doing six days a week of basically cardio weights programs, doing all these insanity workouts, like all those hit trainings and all this stuff. Um, you know, you've heard on the last podcast about all the half marathons that I've run and how I didn't actually enjoy doing them in the moment. And now to come and find this this sport that I enjoy so much and how I was looking forward to every single lift, whereas when I was in those half marathons, I was like looking forward for it to be over. I did not want the experience to end and... I'm so excited to keep competing. Um, there will definitely be some more competitions from here. It, next time I, I'm trying to get a medal or something or qualify to to compete at the national level. That is something that I want to do. I want to keep competing. I want to I want to get competitive in this sport because it was really fun and I just want to get really fucking good at it. So what's next for me is um, I'm going to start going into a calorie deficit. Man, we talk about calorie deficit a lot on this podcast, don't we? Well, it's time for me to start one because I want to get into a lower weight class where I can become more competitive. I have not decided 
on when I'm going to do my next competition because I'm still riding that euphoria from the last one a little bit. So I think there might be some clouded judgment when I say I want to do one in October or November. Uh, I want to let that euphoria subside a little bit, really figure out what the best plan for me is, probably end up waiting a little bit till very late 2022, early 2023. Uh, we will see what happens on that. I also want to give a huge thank you to so many people. Um, so bear with me through this because there's going to be a lot of thank yous. First and foremost, big thank you to my coach, Natalie Smith. She's incredible. Again, you can go back and listen to the podcast I did with Natalie. I can't thank her enough for being such an amazing coach. Like, both through the training experience, through the actual meet experience, being there for me when I needed her, being there for me when I was scared that I wouldn't be able to compete. I also want to thank my wonderful handler and wife who did not mess up what weight was supposed to be on my opening deadlift. And um, she did such a fantastic job as well. Uh, She handled that situation very well. She did everything that she needed to do. She, she was encouraging. She gave me a high five after every lift. I fucking loved that. Uh, so that was really fun. Great job to her. I want to thank all the people who came to my meet. My my client, Christine, and her awesome husband, Purnell, uh, came out and supported me, cheered me on. My client, Kate, uh, also came out and supported me and cheered me on. Uh, you can listen to her podcast episode as well. I believe that one is called Mind Mindset Check, Fuck the Scale with Kate Doster. So she came out and supported me. She also got me a... Uh, a Dundee Award for the Coachiest Coach Face Award for coaching her for a year. So I didn't walk away with nothing, even though I didn't get a medal for the day. I did get a Dundee, which is way better. I also want to thank my good friend Amanda, who was cheering me on throughout the entire day, keeping me posted on where we were in the lifting schedule because she was watching the entire live stream so I could really time my warm-ups. I want to thank her for all the hype that she gave me leading up to the competition, day of the competition. Competition. Um, you can also listen to her podcast episode, uh, which was two episodes back. I want to thank my friend Iris for screen grabbing every single lift of mine uh, so I could have those and keep those forever to look back on. And uh, I'm going to share those on social media as well so you guys can look at them too. Um, you can see all my embarrassing lifting faces. So a big thank you to Iris for watching the entire stream, for screen grabbing those for me. Uh, that was fucking awesome. I also want to thank my mom for watching. Uh, I did not think that she would watch the entire competition, but she pretty much watched all of it. Um, she was cheering me on as well. So that was really cool. Lots of people to thank. I want to thank every single person who beforehand, you know, gave me a good luck or who gave me a congratulations after. Thank you so much. I I know who my real friends are. You know, the ones who supported me through this, those are who my real friends are. And your support, it means so much to me. I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. I want to thank you all for listening to this episode in particular. In particular, sorry, can't talk. Just a, a little too much emotion for me. Um, really, thank you so much. If you guys like this type of content, um, please let me know. I can do more stuff like this. I obviously want to keep giving you education and providing value. But um, if if this is some stuff that you enjoy, you know, we can sprinkle some of the stuff in too. So again, thank you all so much for listening. And 
you, like I said, your support means the world to me. And um, if you want to keep supporting me, please leave a five-star review on this podcast. They have really been helping a lot. My podcast listens have been, the, my downloads have been very much up in the upward trending direction because you guys have been leaving so many reviews and I really appreciate it. Um, thank you all so much for listening and for supporting me throughout this entire journey. And I can't wait to see what's next.